0: I don't throw darts at a board. I bet on sure things. We Sun Tzu the art of war. Every battle is
1: won before it's ever fought. Think about it. Most well, valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I gotta pump
0: those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket.
1: A B C A always B B C closing always be closing always be closing the show goes on it's Wednesday night and fantasy football is on the agenda grab a seat and let's get down to business it's time for the fantasy boardroom here's your host tycoon. Welcome to the Fantasy Boardroom. I am your host and fantasy CEO, Tycoon. Tonight, we have another very special guest for you. This one is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Very good friend. Somebody who inspired me to get into this. Somebody who encouraged me, has assisted me, supported me in every step of the way. Um, Just a long time dear friend. He is the founder of the Fantasy Collective. He is the co-host of the Fantasy Nightcap. He is the lead designer at the Fantasy Collective. And he is my biggest fantasy rival. So please welcome to the boardroom, Carbon Fox. Hey, welcome, it going, sir. Ah, it's it going? going great. You're here. I'm stoked. Yes, finally. Been looking to do this for a long, long time. Now we're here live in front of, well, nobody right now, but they'll come around. So, uh, so tonight, everybody, what we're going to talk about, or the theme of our episode is playing favorites. We're going to discuss our favorite players that are going outside the top 12 at their position via ADP. And then we're going to discuss, well, our favorite sitcom, rather between two options. Your favorite will...
0: sitcom and my favorite sitcom.
1: Indeed. We will get in the ring. We'll punch it out. We'll see who wins here. I don't think either of us thinks the other stands a chance in that particular, uh, <laughs> argument. So that's going to be a real fun one. And, uh, you know, following that, you know, after we have our little focus on recruiting with our, with our favorites outside the top 12, have a little fun with our morale boosting activity that we're going to do here in the boardroom <laughs> with our spirited extra debate. Now then we'll do a quick little fast rundown of relevant headlines in the league. Unfortunately, we have one to just briefly go over, um, but I don't want to bring anybody down to start the show, so we will put that off. Um, so I just want to dive right in, honestly, into our recruiting efforts. Recruiting is extremely important when it comes to running a business, running your team, um, a central part of management. You got to have the right people on your team. And a core part of recruiting is not necessarily choosing the obvious talent. Uh um, so for that we are gonna go a little deeper we're gonna explore past just the top level top 12 you know essentially the automatic starters at each position we're not necessarily looking for deep sleepers here but somebody that is a little beyond the obvious name that can maybe rise to be in that top 12. i think that's where both of us had our heads at as we made our selections Um, so I'm going to let you do the honors here, sir. We're going to jump into quarterback recruiting, part of the team, part of everything. So the most important position who you got.
0: And I don't like this one originally. And then it's just kind of after last season, it got a little bit better. And then with their draft this season or this offseason, season, uh, makes me a little more encouraged to see what, what he can do. And that's uh, Baker Mayfield. Hmm. Okay. Um, he had four top 12 finishes and three of them were a top three finish. And granted, most of those I think came at the end of the year. They also came when OBJ was out, which I think actually plays a big factor. But if they come back and have that rapport, he stays healthy. I mean, this offense is electric and they got, I think they, you know, they improved their O line Everything is kind of just pointing in the right direction for for the Browns and Mayfield. Um, his completion percentage came back up to 62.8, and his touchdowns went up from 22 to 26. So um, I think that's kind of the, the realm he's going to be in this season, uh, probably on the higher side. And the biggest thing was his interceptions went down. Yes. So he went from 21 to eight. And that is huge. And his, and his QBR is at 95, nine. That's his highest that he's had since being in the league. And I think it's a Browns record um, for the highest QBR. Oh, I think so. I think that's what I saw. And I I wish I wrote it down, but I think that's what it was. He also took less sacks. Uh, (laughs) Took 40 last year, 20 or 40 the year before 26 last year. Okay. And, I think he honestly embraced being a game manager a little bit more and looked more comfortable. It wasn't forcing yes, throws yeah. in. I agree. It with wasn't that. Uh, playing I don't know if playing scare is the right word, but it wasn't just like I have to get the ball to somebody. It was finally, okay, I know where my guy's gonna be, I'll get it to him. If not, he either eats it or you know, throws it away, which is I mean you're almost half your percentage in sacks going down. So I think just even with the improvement on the O-line, that's just going to get better. I mean, he's got arguably one of the best um, tandems of running backs in the league. You could easily make the
1: argument for the best duo.
0: No, absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I I think just with OBJ coming back, this offense could just be something to really look out for 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 fantasy purposes everywhere backfield receivers I think he's a great um late round quarterback I mean if he can be your QB2 and a super flex, I'd be happy with that um uh, that's who I've kind of been trying to target in Scott Fishbowl he got sniped from me and I can't remember the other league uh, another one like that's who I was planning on and he, he always ends up going right in front of where I'm trying to take him. So I Still think the people are up. certain. Yeah, exactly. Is okay. I just because Shane loves the Browns and Baker so much, I want to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually think he can have quite the season this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with most of what you said. I mean, you know, I'm pretty high on Odell Beckham, so... In being high on Beckham, that obviously infers confidence in Mayfield. I do yeah. figure it out, and I think that's going to really boost both of them on top of the variety yeah. of factors you just listed. I mean, in particular, just, yeah, cleaner play, more confident play, and not necessarily trying to do everything. So I can see exactly. where you're coming from with that.
0: Yeah, I think they finally like realize they have the pieces they need, and everyone can calm down. You know, so I 100%. think... I think this is going to be one of the best offenses to watch this coming season.
1: And he's currently going as QB 16 and we've Mm -hmm. used fantasy pros kind of consensus ADP for this. Um, It's a lot easier to sort by by position using their ADP. And also you get a view into a variety of sites. So it should be relatively accurate for this time of year. Um, So yeah, QB 16 overall 130 would obviously mean in a one QB league so yeah that's that's a pretty incredible value i'm gonna go myself with a little more obvious name probably for this list and that would be kirk cousins most that play fantasy football or have over the last few years see the hate i mean i'm not a big fan of real life kirk cousins um he's probably a little underrated by the in real life what can i say it just not a fan, but as far as fantasy goes, consistently finishes as a QB one. He's never drafted as QB one in Washington. Uh, multiple top ten finishes, even this last season QB eleven, and that's with and Scott Fishbowl lore, the negative twenty point game. But even in, <laughs> uh, but even in a, <sighs> a more standard quarterback scoring league, that was still a negative performance um, in our league, right. minus one point four eight. And our our QB settings are pretty vanilla there. But from then on, for the most part, just went on a tear. He still has two fantastic wide receivers. He has one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, Their defense still isn't very good. They're going to still need to be catching up against better teams on a regular basis. And I just don't. And he's now in his third year with the team. So and
0: a promising tight end.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw Irv start to break out a little bit towards the end of last year. I'm still not sure exactly how i feel about it for this year but i mean it i'm sorry rudolph
0: but rudolph's gone so yeah
1: rudolph's gone now yeah i mean the the door's open there i just don't know if that's what the usage will be for sure another topic for another day irv is so yeah i mean but he doesn't get the respect probably because like me nobody really likes him in real life so he currently no and he
0: was he was honestly my pick if if i got into the show
1: sheet sooner (laughs) See, right yeah, there. Mean, so I took the obvious one. And he's going even later than Baker. You know, eighteen versus the sixteen for Baker. Dustin, Baker over Kirk for this year. I mean, I see him being relatively close, so I wouldn't be surprised. I was gonna
0: say they're gonna it'll be one right on top of the other, but I just don't know which one it'll be. But I would probably agree that I'd go Baker.
1: I think they're both going to be fringe QB ones and they're going at, you know, mid range QB two prices. So in super flex, I mean that's gold. Um, but even in one quarterback leagues, depending on your roster size, you know, league settings, etc., that's the perfect kind of guy to snag real late just to have a little security back there. You know, should injury occur by weak villains, so obviously you don't want to necessarily have to scrape this year's Andy Dalton off the waiver wire later <laughs> on. No, so those were those are guys I would certainly focus on. So with that, we'll we'll wrap up our quarterback recruiting. Move on to the respective backfields here and uh, recruit some running backs. Just to get it out of the way, I'm gonna take <laughs> this one to start. Anybody who knows me has paid any attention to me whatsoever has watched previous episodes of the Boardroom knows that this answer is undeniably unequivocally has to be deandre smith or <laughs> swift wow i said smith oh, mixed up tonight so deandre swift though i've been talking about him so much my brain just rejected having to say the word one more time <laughs> but it's flabbergasting to me that he's still hovering in the rb 15 16 range I, i've already made my argument for him to top 12 but more importantly as far as it comes with DeAndre Swift, I I mean, I almost feel like that's his absolute floor. He was RB16 last year, only getting primary snap share or um, opportunity share in four of the games. He missed three games. <laughs> the guy is an incredible talent, incredibly efficient player, um, and he's now only more of a focus of the offense. So there's RB16 is wild to me. So... He's my pick because being outside the top 12, not only is he a great bet to get into the top 12, I mean, he's got a great chance at even top five performance, and you're not going to get that from anybody else in that range running back-wise, at least with that upside. Um, They'll be good. I mean, that's your Chris Carsons of the world. and Yeah, you can probably pencil him in for RB 12 to 15. I mean, uh, almost for sure, but that's also probably the ceiling. Uh, And there's one thing I wanted to note about Swift. I just happened to come across this last night. And This is a thread by Drew DFB Encounter. Great analytical follow. Um, puts out a lot of good stuff. A lot of people like to to go at him, and I don't. I don't really get it. I think it's just because he did say one time he doesn't watch football and goes off numbers. And so what? <laughs> Let him do him. His, so
0: his, his,
1: his analytics, or yeah, if he doesn't like watching football, whatever. But his analytical work is is really strong if you actually get into it. So I just wanted to note couple of things here. So Swift averaged 4.4 4 targets per game last year as a rookie uh, over a 17-game season. That comes out to 74.8 targets. So if you're even assuming just the exact same usage, which I feel we're all relatively confident is not going to be the case, 75 target floor minimum. Yeah, we've already gone over the coaching in previous episodes, so I'm going to stick to some of Drew's notes here about just Him in particular, the player. Also, yeah, an important note here is a lot of people seem to think that Jamal Williams is going to be the goal line back. I think he'll
0: have more. I think he'll cut in more than you think. That's my only... I uh, don't disagree with where you have him, but I, I think Williams will eat in a little bit more than you think he's going to. So... I, I think goal line, I think goal line, I think Hawkinson will be your will take away from the goal line a little bit too. So I think his scoring opportunities go down a little bit, but what he can do out in I, space makes up for it.
1: I, I can't I, see an argument where Jamal Williams would get the goal line, any goal line work over him. I mean, right here, carries inside the five last year, five for Jamal Williams, one touchdown. Carries inside the five for DeAndre Swift, nine with six touchdowns. He's bigger. Or at least he has a better BMI. He's the same weight, some more solid BMI. So he's a little shorter, so he can get, you know, he can really use his leverage to squeeze through there on the line. I mean, there's I don't see any logic that would imply Jamal would, and also Jamal Williams just isn't as good, so it doesn't really make sense. And I don't want to n- necessarily read word for word off of Drew's thread here, so I'm going to leave it there. But I and I do agree within the red zone area. I mean, I don't. If you're inside the five, I don't know how much they're going to trust Jared Goff to make those super close range <laughs> no. precision passes in crowded no, areas for Hawkinson. So I think they'll no. be running in that situation, or screens or you know whatever trickery that they want to try to pull out. But I don't see him, you know, letting him go Rodgers or anybody like Russell Wilson trying to hit these quick slants close on the line. No, not at all. And kind of what you said about Hawkinson too, I just, with with all the changes in Detroit, the only, the main weapons in town are Hawkinson and Swift. That's where the volume will go. And I don't disagree that Williams is going to get a lot of actual work in general. I mean, people, I keep hearing, you know, he's going to get a lot more work than you think. Okay, well, I think it's going to only be 60-40 for Swift, really. I don't think it's going to be a big, you know, dramatic thing for Swift, and so... If it's going to be more than I think, then that means at minimum 50-50 split or that Williams is the RB1. So I don't really think it's going to be more than I think. And I don't think you're going to find many Swift supporters that have him over more than 60-65% share. It's been noted a lot recently in the fantasy community. uh, There really aren't bell cows anymore. I mean, I think there were only three backs that got over 70% in terms of share. So that's a myth. It's you know who's in the right position with who's getting the high leverage touches, who's efficient. I mean, those are really critical things, and Swift checks every single box. So I'll I'll stop beating that horse and <laughs> let you get a word in.
0: Well, I mean, I don't put these out there much, but you know my take on this. And mine is David Montgomery. I know you're not a huge fan.
1: I, but I've, and I know- I've I've shifted.
0: I know with Cohen going out last year, I mean, these numbers do change a little bit, but I don't think what we saw was any different. Like, I mean, his talent is what it is, and I think he finally got to showcase what he can do on that offense. I mean, he had seven top ten finishes, three in the top five, and finished one as the RB1. He got more passing work, which I honestly think he still will
1: get. Cohen's recovery – going a little slower than expected exactly. reportedly it, as well. So yeah, I, I think don't, may be right.
0: I don't think he's going to be there for the start of the season. And even if he is, he's not, I don't think he'll be a hundred percent. And I mean, he had 68 targets with 35 from the season before. And I think that, <laughs> thank you, Nick. <laughs> um, I think it'll, be around 50, and if he can get 50, that's amazing. Um Even with Cohen there, I think you're going to start seeing Cohen fade out and Montgomery be able to take this role as a three-down back. He was getting, I think, 16 attempts a game. I know they were saying they want to get him 20. I think he gets 20, and if he's hitting 20 <sighs> at least every game, I'm sold. There's not and a you're lot of backs,
1: but you can pencil that in every week
0: no and he's going to be your rb2 that's going to produce yeah. rb1 numbers i will take him all day long especially if if fields becomes the starter even more i'm, I'm even more on board for i was going to
1: ask you that if you think it's better for him with fields or dalton under center
0: i mean dalton is what dalton is i don't think it makes a difference with dalton back there um because I think he's been in the game long enough. He can force throws that he knows he can make where fields might not be able to have that necessary confidence right away, or maybe not put himself out there because he wants to be able to stay on the field instead of throwing an errant throw and boom interception. I think he will use his running back. And I think it's going to be Monty most of the time, not Cohen. So I think you'll, you'll see a couple more dump offs just because he's going to be your safety blanket. This, I think it's also good for commit if if Fields is your starter. But I think those are your two guys that are going to benefit. Robinson's going to get his. It's not anybody to worry about. But I think Montgomery gets the biggest boost in this offense, whether it's it's um, Dalton or Fields. I think I think you get a bonus with Fields, but you're still going to get RB one potential with with Dalton. But I don't think – I think he starts and maybe makes it three games. I think they're going to be calling for fields, whether they're winning or losing. They're going to be calling for fields. I think
1: we'll see fields by week four. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I would say week six at the latest. But, I mean, his yards per attempt were up 3.7 to 4.3. His yards per game went up from 55 to 71. He's getting the job done. So I'm all in. He's he's a guy I'm trying to grab anywhere I can get him. RB twenty. Yeah, he was my first pick in Scott Fishbowl and I'll I'm happy with that. I'll take him and Kareem Hunt's my set my two, but you know, I'll 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 eat it. But his value's too good there.
1: It really, really is. I mean you well, Dem Boys agrees with you here. Monty RB one and what's up, Demboys? Boys? Um, yeah, yeah I, as a Cowboys fan, I don't get a shout out. Well, he doesn't know you. I do. Full disclosure, <laughs> I play in a league with them boys. Uh, oh, part I'm of the sorry. yeah, big part of the <laughs> Get Right crew. Shout out to the Get Right crew as well. Awesome dudes. Uh, and yeah, he's uh, been a supporter over here. So
0: I know I'm very I'm very yeah. stoked. Um, it's it's a catch twenty two situation. Of it's shitty because uh, I just I. Haven't even started my new job yet. They are supposed to start Tuesday. Oh, hey, your computer's not ready yet. So we're going to start you Thursday. Ah, what up, them boys? Um, So now I am starting Thursday. Oh, your computer still hasn't arrived. COVID, Apple hasn't sent it yet. So now I start next week. But the catch 22 is now I can go to Cowboys camp.
1: Oh huh so you should take a day off make, you're gonna make a go trip with to me.
0: I'm gonna try uh, Mrs. Fox wants to see how she can handle the babies alone for a day while she's working from home so I told her
1: this will be a perfect uh, chance she wants to just when you get home you have to remind her that was a willing decision made because, oh, or actually maybe you oh, don't remind her because she won't be in a good mood but
0: oh she knows. But later, No, it's no, it's been discussed. The second I come home, I'm on baby duty. So uh, if I can go see the Cowboys, it's worth it. So maybe you should be sick one day when? next week.
1: Monday. I haven't.
0: I haven't decided oh, well, yet. I got. I got to look at the schedule. We'll talk to me. Yes, definitely not a Wednesday.
1: No, definitely not. I got to be back here for this. <laughs> um, oh, there you go. But yeah. So, but as for Monty, yeah, RB twenty, like you said, the RB one price or i mean rb you know rb20 price but potential rb1 numbers is what we're looking at okay are you coming I around you? on him now? I, I am coming around um if you i think it was last week with herms actually i was talking a bit about monte and yeah have now i'm still not i think he's gonna ever even sniff that rb4 spot ever again that said i do see a likely path for him to be there in that you know and again, fringe, fringe RB one range, I mean, you know, RB ten to fourteen. Uh, yeah, to I was going to say
0: are. six to twelve. To me, is where, if I had to say, like what I expect expect his finish to be, I think six is probably my highest. With, and that's barring injury with the guys ahead of him. And I point
1: think point. that it would take you know more injuries to more top guys. I mean, a lot of guys that I expect to finish in front of him this season didn't play last year or missed a good chunk of the year. You know, your CMCs, right. your Saquons. I mean, it's...
0: Yeah, that's true. Kind of pushes the
1: line back. Right. And it inflated that for a couple guys who love to tell whatever position they're under heralded running back, you know, finished. But with all that said, you know, some of the other concerns, like, yeah, he ate up on some soft schedules or soft part of his schedule. But, I mean, you're supposed to. And also, that soft schedule isn't changing. Not this year. He's right. still be the door. He i mean, if he was Yeah, so... So yeah, I mean I they, I think the only games that he really balled out in that are coming off the schedule were Jacksonville and Indianapolis. And I think Indianapolis Jacksonville. was actually a good defense. So
0: yeah, yeah and everybody destroyed Jacksonville. So
1: yeah. It, so, those
0: would be more concerning if if they didn't.
1: Bingo. So yeah, I've I've come around a bit. I'm still not don't love him, but where he's being drafted, I do. So I, I didn't expect well, exactly, the disrespect to it. continue yeah. like that. That that's more what it is.
0: If he was well, going, I'm kind of shocked by yeah. by his finish last year, and I don't know if everybody's just expecting Cohen to come back and just eat right back into the third down I roll, maybe. But I mean, I with did. that finish, I don't think it's a fluke. I think that's the high. I think you're right. I think that is the highest we're going to see. But again, if you're getting a guy as your RB two finishing as an RB one, I'm happy with that all day long.
1: Yeah, and he. I think there's a. Very good chance that happens. And if not, he'll be very high-end. He's not going to be RB20. That I'm confident about. No, I agree. So, good call there. So, uh, speaking of pass catching, we'll switch our recruiting focus to pass catchers, and I'll let you lead off with the wide receiver position. So, who is your guy outside the top 12?
0: This is another one that I think everyone knows. I I will pound my chest for him until the day I die. I almost think this is unfair out of where he's ranked, but it's Robert Woods. Um, of course it's
1: Robert Woods.
0: I have left every draft, but the fishbowl with Robert Woods and I was, I was pissed. He went right in front of me and I died a little bit inside, I, but I mean, sure. he's, he's Mr. Consistent. He had four top 12 finishes. He averages 15 points a game. And again, he's going to be probably a receiver too. And we'll get you receiver one numbers. He stays healthy. He's consistent. Since 2018, he hasn't finished outside the top 15. Finished 10, 15, and 12.
1: <laughs> and I'm every sure. year,
0: every stay year, healthy. he goes outside of that. And it's just absurd that – and I, I know injuries play into some of it. but And I think that's part of why I like him, too, is Cooper Cup doesn't stay healthy. Right. And – when he is, they're such a great tandem that I think they. Um, in the in the fantasy nightcap, we were talking with with uh, Scott this week and saying how with um, Seattle, I don't think DK and Lockett can share a role. I think it's going to be DK has the receiver one game this week. Lockett will have it the next week or it'll be, you know, you'll never see them together. Whereas I feel like cup and woods both have the ability to finish inside that top 10 or top 12 roll together in a week, because I think they complement each other better to where they are both offering completely different assets to each other that when they're both on the field, it's going to it's kind of like one of those things that whenever you see the ball thrown you're like okay is that going to woods is that going to woods and you're like oh it's cup but the next place woods it's never just you're not force feeding one guy after the other right. it's both guys are getting the ball and i think with stafford coming in that gets even better and i think woods is what stafford needs and i think stafford will make woods better so i think he goes even higher just because of the trade Getting Goff out of there and bringing in a quarterback who is, I think, arguably better. And oh, I
1: don't think you have to qualify, being, <laughs> arguably.
0: Being in the best offense I think he's been in, definitely right. not the best receiver he's ever had, obviously, no, but
1: definitely the best but
0: offense. This sure. is the best offense he has, even with Akers being out. Woods is going to feast. And I I, I think he, it's another top 10, top 12 finish for sure. Like, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I, he's going RWR 19. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this happens yeah. every year.
1: Yeah. And the same thing, kind of like your other guy, uh, Monty there, almost no matter what he does. If they like Kirk Cousins, like I brought up, no matter what he does, consistently being at the top of the position, fantasy wise, nobody cares. Yeah, so it's for one of those things I, but I don't understand it. Popular. That's why I don't understand. I understand why people don't want to draft Kirk Cousins. Everybody loves Bobby Trees. Everybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, and honestly, right. to me, it's like that's kind of the locket situation where he, I think he always goes way outside where he's supposed to. I don't he, think he fin- he won't finish as well as Woods does. But I still think from where you're grabbing him, you're getting that return. Yeah, you are. But it's much
1: more consistent on a week to week basis than Lockett is, so I can at least oh, see where yeah. people
0: no, you know. Lockett your, by
1: Lockett, but.
0: No, you're looking for that home run, yeah, play. But I mean, it's that same thing though. That it's just, I think they're like just everybody loves them, and I, I don't get it. You think that would honestly help push their ADP
1: that's yeah, that's why I don't get it that's a
0: little bit to where it's. You know, you're getting it. I do think people are catching on a little bit more to where, you know, if you're trying to grab him in your late rounds, you are going to get sniped more. Yes. So I think he is a guy that you do have to maybe go up one round to grab, but you're not going to – it's not something you're going to do and you're going to regret it. Like that's one I can feel good about. Okay, I'll go one round ahead and grab Woods.
1: I think it's a mental game for people just looking at the names that are above them because they're all hundred oh, percent. That, that's all. hundred percent. I mean, Mike Evans is outstanding. Great. Uh, and no, he'll, he'll be, be in that a would similar a range. range. I, should, wow. I, think I think I would take Evans.
0: Evans is a little more, I think he's a little more consistent. I mean, he's, Put up a thousand yards every season, so I'll I'll take that number. Yeah, but 30. that's close. You know, I CD think that's where the line Amari's is, over?
1: though. I mean, yeah, your Dallas receivers are right there. I...
0: I would take CD over him, but I wouldn't take Amari this
1: this year, year twenty twenty one.
0: Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I just feel like there's going to be. I think the Cowboys receivers are going to be awesome more for NFL than they will be for fantasy. If I'm grabbing one, it's Gallup.
1: That's what well, I kind of lean with that line of thing. I don't know if either of them's going to be able to put enough to overtake woods myself.
0: I do agree yeah. with that.
1: Though. And that's always oh, a, a, a perennial Kenan. story. Keenan's just disrespected His well, is ridiculous. Well, is wide receiver 10 up here. That actually seems
0: appropriate. Uh, the sleeper one I was, I'm was i using a different the, oh, the sleeper yeah. oh, God, yeah. he is deep in there To where I thought he'd already got taken And oh. I'm scrolling through to make my Q list And I was like, wait, he's still here And That just didn't make any sense to me
1: That doesn't make sense
0: who's, So who's yours?
1: So for me I'm going to go with a Slightly other polarizing guy And that's Deontay Johnson Pittsburgh Steelers he, he gets hated on a lot for drops, although I've seen that kind of whittled down, you know, as the season's gone on, I think more people were probably more angry. Well, about can I a- actually, on that. Oh, no, jump in. let me
0: actually comment on that.
1: Please. When we had,
0: we had Michelle and Kate from ball blast on and they brought up that the um, astronauts talked about it and talked about his concussions actually playing into.
1: Yes. I part of
0: that. So, I, and I was on that train of this dude's got brick hands, but then actually hearing that I'm not as concerned anymore. And I thought it was really interesting to,
1: I hadn't factored that in either
0: to hear that as, as a reason behind, you know, possible drops and, you know, even focus on stuff like that. So it makes a lot of sense thinking about it as someone who has had some concussions. This makes some sense to me as well,
1: (laughs) man. I wish I had, like thought to go back and write down specifically what they said, because that, that is a key point.
0: No, that is a it's good perfect. one to, to check out. Um, but even, in- conforming.
1: but even, even beyond that, take, even if you take that factor out of it, say it even was because he just drops the ball sometimes. I mean, it's a high volume receivers have a lot of drops. Every, you know, if you look down the list, again, I, this is my favorite one to use out because everybody loves DK Metcalf. If, you, if you're if you going to fade Deontay because of drops, you have to fade DK because of drops. It's, it's that simple. Or else it's just faulty logic. But he's a guy... He's really... He's just a target monster. That is what I love about him. Oh, actually, checks real quick. Back to Keenan real quick. 16 on Sleeper. Thanks, man. So, yeah, he's he's just an absolute target monster and I know they've brought in Najee and we're all excited for Najee and it's going to do well. And though, yeah, probably not. I think they were averaging about 42 pass plays per game, the Steelers last year. So that'll come down a little bit, but I do largely expect to be the distribution. Very similar. I don't expect a lot to change. I'm personally not as big of a Claypool fan as many are. I, I, I I still like Juju, but he's also got a you know, they they all have their roles. That's really the thing. And Deontay's role is the Yak guy and he's gonna get a lot of those quick patches. And he can stretch the field too. They'll they'll throw deep to him, but he will just get open quickly, catch the ball, and go. And particularly in PPR, which is the scoring setting, we're always going to be discussing here in the boardroom. Um, unless otherwise stated, you should just always assume redraft PPR and we'll discuss one QB or super flex. Doesn't matter in this case. Uh, so he had, uh, where was it? It was like 144 targets last year. I expect that number to stay in that range. Probably won't go up again because of the addition of Harris. Um so, I, you know, plus or minus eight targets. That's where I figure. And by that. And if that happens, uh, he was wide receiver 21 last year. Uh, he did get benched for part of a game because of <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Uh, because of the drops that Baltimore game – or not the Baltimore game. It was the Buffalo game, I believe, that where happened because it was the first round of the playoffs, and I did not advance because of it. Uh, and he also, yeah, had the concussion, so he's missed you – know, he, Missed a little time in here as well. Um, he missed week three for the most part with Houston, only 24% snaps. Week five versus Philadelphia, only 8% of snaps. Missed the Cleveland game. So even with all that, he was still wide receiver 21. He And if he's able to clean up his drops, which I do think he's going to be able to do, I think his, you know, and also getting past some of hopefully that post concussion symptoms, I mean, even if it wasn't enough to keep him off the field, you know, I. You better health, better team in general as well. I think just the offense is going to be a little more diverse, which I think is going to help open it up, open up his routes a little bit more. I see him certainly exceeding last year with health. And if he was able to be wide receiver 21 last year with this, continue to go, continue to go up. He's not going to have those ceiling performance, or like those crazy monster weeks like a Claypool's going to have. You know, you're probably not going right. to get 40 burgers out of Deontay but you're going to consistently see in PPR from 16 to, you know, the high twenties on a very regular basis. You'll have a couple down weeks like any other player, but
0: what do you see his ceiling as?
1: I see his ceiling as probably wide receiver eight. Wow. That would be his ceiling. Um, Still I think doing rankings, I have, I, but I'd probably have him closer to like fourteen.
0: I was gonna say fifteen is probably where I'd, I'd see him landing.
1: There's just so many elite receivers. Yeah, but but with the target Jerry's getting, I, I you know if he can get a couple extra, you know, break a couple extras and take him into the end zone, I think that easily can put him right there in that top ten. Yep, and if he's still gonna be drafted, I mean, he was. As I just said, wide receiver twenty-one by performance last year. Now he's being drafted as wide receiver twenty-four. So if you're telling me I can get him at the lowest of wide receiver two prices? And uh, I mean, there's several names above him. I expect, you know, I expect him to outproduce DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Bruce Godwin, Adam Thielen. Like this year, I expect. I expect him to be better than those with a lot of doubt.
0: I would take all those guys over him.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, we do not think the same in fantasy a lot of the time. I'm actually surprised how much we've yes. agreed at this point of the episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make the show about, you know, him versus these other guys, but I mean I just Kenny Galladay, who I like. Okay, he is he's the top receiver on the Giants, but I'd rather take the top receiver on the Steelers, who's also gonna get probably sixty percent more targets and also be in more scoring opportunity more frequently. DJ Moore, it's more just... I have no idea what to expect out of the Carolina offense this year in terms of usage distribution uh, with Darnold at the helm. And we just haven't seen the the true breakout yet from DJ Moore. I still believe I'm a huge dynasty fan of Moore and get him anywhere I can where the manager might not value him so much. Thielen, I, I – Jefferson already kind of took over his wide receiver one spot late in the year last year, and I think that's only going to continue to go. he will still be good, but, again, he's going to get – unless he puts up the touchdown numbers that he did last year, he's not going to sniff what Deontay does this year. He's less, yeah, Unless he's getting 12, 14 touchdowns again, like he's not having it. And I don't think he's getting those touchdowns this year. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so that's just kind of where I'm at, and Jamar Chase even here. Oh no, he's right underneath them. I don't know what to say that's just exciting or excited for a rookie. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so sticking with these pass catchers, I'm gonna shift over and out of the tight end position. My recruiting choice would be uh, this would probably be one of the deeper plays discussion, but Gerald Everett, and kind of inspired by my like man Herms. I, I knew you were gonna go where you are gonna go. So I avoided that because that is another one I was a fan of, and I really kind of hate almost all tight ends that aren't you know the top five, really. Uh, kind of make me sick, but on a recent <laughs> episode of the Lateral Podcast, something I really didn't realize is they, Seattle has over a 20% target share to the tight end position, which is wild to me considering the talent they've had most of the time that mm-hmm. you know, Russell Wilson's been in town. And I think with the exception of, well, actually the version of Greg Olson that was in Seattle, never mind. I, I think Gerald Everett might be the best tight end, apart from Jimmy Graham, that Russell Wilson's ever played with.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: I, even at this stage. I, I'm I, a, mean, I, I'm I'm a huge I'm
0: not, fan, but I can see that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and he's done well, but that is kind of to my point, you know, these are relatively, you know, Undersung, unheralded. These aren't flashy guys. These guys you don't know much, but no, not really. in that in that role. And the way Seattle likes to use that position, it's hard to argue with. And when you have Gerald going at just an absurdly yeah well, tight end twenty five, it's it feels like free money. He's not a guy that you're probably going to start sliding in from week one unless you just totally punt the position, which I encourage you to do and draft Gerald Everett, everybody, um, if you don't get one of the elite tight ends. But I just... That's more my move. So I like that, this one. It's so. that opportunity. It's That's yeah. what it is. And it's going to be in a good offense. We trust, for the most part, um, outside of the end of the year at times, we trust the Seahawks offense. We trust the Russell Wilson offense. There will be red zone opportunities there to get the tight end scoring opportunities since touchdowns are really the, what swings this position more than any other. And he'll be the primary. He's not going to be shoved behind. I mean, he is behind two you know, obviously elite receivers there in Seattle, like he was in LA, but the difference is they still like to use the tight end in Seattle. And there's also yeah. not another tight end that he's really competing with the way he was with the inferior Higby anyways. No. So that's kind of my spiel. I'm not going to go too hard. Just uh, if, if you really want to dig more into Gerald Everett, go back and check out the tight end episode of The Lateral with McLateral and Herms. Uh, there's some really good data there on Everett. And it completely sold me because I was not buying it pretty much up until that point. Now I'm all over it. How about you? Who's your tight end?
0: I'll make mine quick, too. Mine's like Jarwin. And, I mean, I had to scroll almost to the bottom of the page to find him. That's how much he's faded. And I don't know if it's they don't think he's going to be ready for the season, which he's on pace to be for week one. He should be there. Um, And I mean, the talent's there. I was so bummed that he went out last season with the ACL because Witten was finally gone and Jarwin was, you know, the next thing to come up. And He'd shown he had, you know, he had his flashes. And yeah. these, these are Schultz numbers. And Schultz finishes a, a tight in 11. Yep. So, and I think Jarwin is miles ahead of Schultz. <laughs> yes. It's so he had 89 targets and four touchdowns. And that's what I mean. And Jarwin had four touchdowns the season before. And that's with Witten. Granted, I think one of those came on a three touchdown game, but still. Um,
1: and keep in mind, these Schultz numbers are with Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci yes. at the helm. Exactly,
0: um, thirty-eight yards a game. I think all these go up massively with Dak coming back. Uh, I mean, this offense is going to be ridiculous to watch. You're going to have—I mean—they're a threat at every position. You got Zeke out of the backfield. Even um, even Pollard is a threat. You got Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. And then just sitting behind all that is Jarwin, who I think is going to be a sneaky play in the red zone because I think everyone's going to forget about him. And he's going to be the middle of the field target for Dak. So I think he's got a chance. I, I think his touchdowns go up, a, I mean, maybe to six to eight, but I think his yards per game go up. Yep, and I think Schultz will come back in as primary. You know, blocking, doing his thing. But Jarwin's going to be your passing down guy, and Absolutely. he's he's coming back healthy. Uh, I mean, from where I can't even remember where he was, but his ADP is ridiculous, and I think he's going to be
1: tight end thirty. Uh,
0: yeah, that's so 30. stupid. Yeah, I, th- huh. I I I don't understand it. I think he's at least a top 12 guy, 100%. You're
1: telling me you wouldn't rather have O.J. Howard or Jordan Akins? Uh, no. Or Anthony Ferkser?
0: God, I still believe in O.J. Howard, but it's not going to happen there. Dude needs to be traded so bad. Yeah. No, he, I,
1: he might end up one of the big what-ifs.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, the, the thing, too, is as much as I hate to say it, I don't think they can keep Gallup next year. So if Gallup goes, Jarwin goes up even more in my book. Uh, hopefully that's not the case, but I think he's he's a guy to target if you. I wouldn't even say you're hurting for a, a, a you know, a tight end, but if you need a second, he's a solid pickup to have that potential. Of, I mean, I, it's not hard to be a top twelve for tight end, but I think he's definitely to me he's a six to eight. Consistent, like that's where he's going to finish. And that's where I'm going to get him. And if you could draft him at 30, that's just.
1: It, Again, with, with the way the ADPs are right now, if you just. I, want will, you punt, be in the, you I will punt the position
0: just to get him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's a guy you can walk away from a draft. To pick up on the waivers after. But I mean, he's a guy you're getting in your. Take him late. 12 to 15s that you're just.
1: It looks you're like you can get him even later than that. I mean, yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: You I can don't put think position and walk away with Everett and Jarwin and just have a nice I'd solid duo, spending no capital on it whatsoever.
0: My pick was going to be Kasiki, but they had him at 12. But I mean, that's another guy I'm targeting who still is going later than that.
1: I know you're not a big Tua guy, so it's interesting no. to me that you're still on, on Kasiki and made sense last is- year with Fitzpatrick, but.
0: I I think uh, with his arm, it's necessary. I think he'll be a great dump-off guy, and I'm hoping that's what he's going to be. Uh, I mean, he, his talent's too good to be wasted there. that That's how I see it. It is a tough one to gauge, but I think he'll be fine.
1: I think he will be too, but... If, Another one of the guys I think I'd like a bit more than you.
0: If if Lamar Jackson can make Mark Andrews relevant, Tua can make Gusecki relevant. That's all I got to say. And I'd rather have Tua over Lamar. Oh,
1: man. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Lamar fan, but I just can't. Dude's uh, trash. I just can't sometimes. He's trash. He's not. He's going to lead me to Scott Fishbowl victory. It's going to be fucking beautiful.
0: That pick made me sick.
1: If it makes you any better, it would have been Dak if I, yep, you know, if he wasn't already taken in front of me. Dak was always the play, and he was there most of the time when I mocked. But as we all know, what you do in mocks almost never happens.
0: Nope. And that will that's what would kill me is knowing that Dak was right in front of me and then having to settle with Lamar.
1: I don't hate it as much as you do. Obviously, I mean <laughs> a guy with. <laughs> you know, a thousand yard rushing floor, a uh, locked to ha- twenty five touchdowns. I mean, it's oh, not it, going it, to happen. He started two seasons, twelve hundred yards, a thousand yards. What what makes you think he's not going to hit a thousand yards? Because
0: it's consistently going down. Consistent
1: one year. What are you talking?
0: <laughs> no, I mean, like his his play in general. It's going to go down. It's consistently going to just keep dropping and dropping and dropping.
1: Okay, I, I think Dawkins his play is actually. Good or not, I care about what well, it that's is for fantasy.
0: That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. is His overall play isn't going to be what it is, so it's not going to be relevant for fantasy. I'm also, not These sure. numbers are going to just continue to, to take a
1: dump. Okay, but when you put up an all-time season, I mean, one of the great seasons in the history of the sport, there really is only room to go down. If he had true matched or beaten what he did in 2019 last year, I mean, he would be... Talked about as QB1 in Mahomes. Home. No, I, uh, I get that. It but, it be? I, I mean,
0: it's very quickly been teams are figuring him out, and he's too stupid to figure that out. He's not a good NFL IQ. He doesn't have a good NFL IQ, and it shows. And it's – I don't know. People celebrate the receivers that they picked. I don't think it helps any. You know, it's not drops aren't an issue for receivers. It's he's the issue. The only one I would even think about owning is Andrews. And even then, you know, watching the ball sail over this giant's hands is just pathetic. And his instinct is to run first and then he gets stuck. And then it's like, well, shit, I'm out of the pocket. I don't know what to do anymore. I can't throw. He doesn't have the mindset to be a quarterback. And I think he will never get that mindset. And it's always and I, he he's in. I don't want to put like I'm not putting injury on anyone, but he's a guy that the second he gets a knee injury, he's irrelevant. I mean, he you won't. Can't help but
1: think of like say a Robert Griffin in a similar fashion. So exactly. I get where get to where you're coming from with that, and
0: because he's not good enough on the other side to be somebody that can hang in the pocket and just throw an absolute dart. He'll never be that guy. And I think teams are just going to get smarter and smarter on how to stop him because he's not smart enough to figure out how to get around it. You can build the greatest offense around him. It's not going to matter. But I think Dobbins starts to eat into his rushing too. So I think you're just going to see these numbers continuously go down and down. I I mean – my bold pick last year was that he does not finish as a top five. And I don't think you're going to see numbers to where he gets the top five again. I think top eight to 10 to 12, that's where you're going to see Jackson consent, like uh, consistently finish. And I love it because everyone picks him as if he's going to be your number one. And he's not going to be that. Like I, I mean, I don't hate where you grabbed him, but I hate that first round pick of him because you're not going to get that return. That's that's my only that's my main issue with it is I don't think you get that return because I think everyone's hoping for that first year. Oh, like oh, well, you know, I, I'm not. I'll tell you that. And I I don't think you're going to even see a second year again. Again, this is another one where listen to uh, I think. I loved it because, like the last like three people we've had on our show for Fantasy Nightcap, actually agree with me. Um, but like, yeah, Kate, you've been
1: getting people to agree with you on the Lamar side. I've noticed that.
0: Kate's explanation, on top of like the numbers I provided, are, are fantastic on why he's not somebody to, to be grabbing. And I, I don't know. I think the conf- or their division is getting better, and that's going to make him worse. That's that's where I think he gets you know is going to get in it's trouble. A strong division. Yeah, I mean, 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 as a defense, like Steelers' defense, you know, I think the
1: Browns' defense are great. Cincinnati's defense is still (laughs) competitive. So I'm really not. So
0: Cincinnati games, he's going to ball out. And even then, you're just not going to get the numbers you're expecting to get.
1: I'm still very confident. Yeah. I didn't really come in prepared to talk about Lamar. Where do
0: you see him finishing this year?
1: I as far as high as
0: where do you where yeah, where do you think think he'll be?
1: Yes. QB five. Okay. I think I think I've probably got it. Allen, Mahomes, Dak, Murray, Jackson. Probably the way I'm going with my top five. And You could even flip some of those around. It changes some days for me when I get different numbers. But those are my top five in some order. Jackson's probably stuck at five for me.
0: He's not hitting a
1: 1,000 yards. Oh, I think he absolutely is. Uh, I don't think think they slow down his rushing volume. And even if they try, I don't think it Uh, matters. Because like you said, he thinks run first. So yeah. he's still gonna do it anyways. What are they gonna do? Bench Lamar? Yeah, right. No, but I think so, they I mean, have
0: to. Re- I think they have to be like, we have a talented back. We have to start using him, or it's just an absolute waste to have somebody of that talent in that backfield playing second fiddle to a dude who can't play quarterback. Like, if that's the real intent, like I agree with people that who said he should be a running back, but like at that at that point. Don't don't go for that talent. Pick somebody who's mediocre and put them behind you instead. Don't don't spend the capital on Dobbins and be like, oh, he's gonna be our, our lead back, but really he's not. And we're just gonna let him whittle away back here. I think he's gonna start getting more and more and which which it should be. Because I think if they give Dobbins more of the ball, let Lamar f- fucking figure out how to play the game between the tackles then he can do these breakouts where then it's not as expected because almost every play I'm expecting him to run like if, if he goes back to pass I'm laughing because it's so unheard
1: of I mean, 36 and 26 touchdowns man he he can right and I think that's just percent completion see. percentage you say he can't throw the ball the numbers say otherwise
0: well but if you look at that that's still bottom of the barrel if you I look mean, at you it just cited to Arizona. Baker
1: Mayfield, that 62 something percent as good. Oh, so, I don't, how are you going to tell no, me 64 is that?
0: But it's Baker Mayfield. I don't think that's fantastic either, but yeah, that's also bottom, that's bottom half.
1: Yeah, it, that's it is. A, so but also the upper end of 70, I mean, 70 is a, it's a very small. No, I know. I know. I mean, it's, it's a tight range. All NFL quarterbacks are in.
0: No, I for sure. And I, and I agree with that, but I think it's more of a, it would be smarter on their part if they took the ball away from him running. I do wise. agree with
1: that. They, they shoot because I that. think
0: that makes him a better quarterback, which <laughs> he needs to become. And he's not going to become that
1: Honestly, because I think,
0: I think he thinks highly of himself, which I, I agree. He's a freak of nature when he runs with the ball. But if I were in his shoes, why would I, I would work as hard as I can trying to pass the ball and get better there, and I don't think he does. It's, oh, I'm going to ball out because I have my legs. Well, it, he's going to be a flash in the pan. It's not going to last. And I think these touchdowns come down big again. Like, I don't think it's going to be 10, but 6 to 8, I think that's going to drop, and that makes a big impact.
1: That would be a huge man. If he only throws 18 to 20 touchdowns this year, yeah. I think, he's, I think he's low throw.
0: low 20s is what I have him at. Because I think they give Dobbins the ball more, which they should.
1: I they I agree that they should. As far as what should be done, I'm, I'm in a lot of agreement with you. But as far as what I think is actually going to happen... No, no. I agree. I think they're which going is, to attempt to throw more, actually, with yes. Watkins and Bateman in town.
0: God, if I'm the division, I welcome and that.
1: I, and I still think... Even And I don't think it's going to affect Lamar's rushing much because, as you've noted, he still tends to look running first. So even if they're calling more passing plays, but he's going to throw more. If run. they're
0: going to throw more, then his rushing should come down because he's not going to be running.
1: Well, no, th- th- no. What I'm saying is even if they call these plays, even if it's a passing play, I'm not necessarily sure that it results in a passing play because of his mindset. I think they're going to try to pass more. And, I mean, they'll probably – I mean, what, 376 pass attempts, four in the year before, so it was about the same. I, I expect it to go up a hair, but I don't know, I expect something in between the last two seasons out of Lamar myself. Hmm. I I, I don't sake, think they're just going to start using the running back a, a bunch. No, of, I
0: don't think it's going to uh, be the, like, the, like, boom, we're taking the ball out of your hands. But I think it's going to – eat in enough to where it,
1: the impact and is there. Greg Roman is also just not a very good coach. I'm not a fan. That's the one thing I'm scared of. Actually, when it comes to Lamar, hopefully he, Roman will get fired after this year. He, he doesn't adjust. He is just very bad at that. And he will continue to run the same schemes and concepts and just work around the one skill he knows. And we saw <laughs> it kind of ruin Kaepernick a little bit. So,
0: Oh, Absolutely.
1: So I'm afraid something similar like that's going to happen. But we'll we'll bump off that too since you know, Lamar was kind of an unscheduled uh, interruption here. <laughs> We're kind of just going to take a break from work for a second. Just have a nice little morale boosting activity.
0: Yes. This one I'm excited about.
1: I'm very excited. This is going to be fun. So teased it a little bit earlier in the episode, everybody, and that is that we are going to debate our or at least a favorite comedy of each of us uh, we'll state our case and this is the office versus parks and rec debate you can kind of guess what my <laughs> position is it's it's not very hard to figure out um, and then we've got playful you know parks and rec fox over here uh, defending the good people of Pawnee indiana I don't think this is really much of an argument myself. So, I don't know. Here's how I'd like to talk about it, just in an overall fashion. Just the main things about each one. So we're going to go characters, episodes, iconic moments, and influence. I think those are probably the four most important factors. And if you wanted to go a little more, you could go into things like you know reviews and ratings and length and blah blah blah, but I don't think that's quite as important. Uh, so that's fair. So characters, you, you're the guest. We'll let you begin. We'll, we'll, well start with what's the this biggest is, strength of your argument.
0: Well, the, and it comes from you, actually. In our text messages about this, you even said that overall Parks has the better ensemble. I did. Then the Office. So, I mean, to me, that's already a huge start for them, and I will tell you why. Because when you talk to somebody about parks, they're like, oh, I love this, 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 and this. But then you talk to people about The Office or whatever. Most people I know, after C. Carell left, The Office is a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah, most and people don't like posters. so. Like well, but th- that's, that's my point, is that's two seasons, three seasons? without him do Nellie Bertram Will Ferrell's character is probably one of the worst characters in television history and fuck HBO because that's who provided it if they didn't oh, really? block James oh. Gandolfini we would never have seen Will Ferrell and it probably would have been better hmm. they paid him not to go on the office that's how much they wanted him to stay Or to just be part of their group. So because of that, we fucking got Will Ferrell for probably arguably two of the worst episodes of The Office besides Scott's Tots. So I think – and the more we – like I I talked to my wife about it. And the more I thought about it too is it's just I hate what they did with Andy. He's one of the most annoying characters. And they just make him worse. Yeah. Um him and Aaron's story is some of the stupidest shit throughout the show just because it's so pointless. Like it's it's yeah him sure. going to Florida is a joke. And it's just I know I know part of it was because he was filming um the hangover, right? Is why he missed why they played I mean, some of this. Yeah,
1: yeah. That is.
0: But bringing Nelly in as basically his replacement was so bad that it's it's just like you you're rambling through these these seasons and then it's just like you hit a wall and you're like what is happening and it's just with parks and rec i think you get characters that you love to hate like jeremy jam and tammy too like they're they're people that i think they realized are okay we can only have them in so many before they're too much and I think that's what they figured out is that they fucking nailed those is every time, you know, Ron perks up and it's like, where is she? You're like, Oh, this is, you know, what's going to happen. it's it going to be funny? Whereas like if they did it, you know, three or four times a season, you're like, okay, this is getting old. Same with jam. Like he yeah. plays such small roles of, you just got jammed. Like it makes it funnier. And it's like, okay, I make these nemesis for Leslie. Nope. But they're not always there. Whereas I feel like that with the office, it I think that's what Parks and Rec did better. And and I think it's a learning point from from the creator. Was that I mean you're you're in the office for both epi, for both shows. But I think they did a better job expanding outside of it with Parks and Rec than with the office. They literally just kept it within that group and tried to just build upon that. And I, I think that's where they fail. Is because they get some of these other characters from parts that come in and out seamlessly. Whereas like the office will Ferrell, Like it was just, you're waiting for him to leave. Whereas like these other characters, it's, they come in and out and you can't wait for them to come back again because it's, they make that impact. They leave and then they come back and do it again. And I think that's what they nailed better with this cast than they did with the office.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree that it is a, and I, I do have to rephrase from our previous six minutes. So I did say better cast of characters. I think the better way to have put it would have been more likable cast of characters. Because that's that's true but me. I think that
0: makes an impact though. Because even is. Michael Scott is cringeworthy at times, especially early on.
1: Yeah, not sure. even when like, they're trying to find their legs. Not- but you know, but the discussion though isn't necessarily just, you know, about the characters themselves. I mean, it's about what makes a good show. So in terms of the cast of characters, I mean, I do think the best of the best characters stack up a hundred percent with Parks and Rec. Oh, you know, if you have favorite characters, um, that swings a little bit depending on opinion, obviously. But they're more relatable than any of the characters in parks and rec that's the thing in the office these are people you've all worked in places with similar people to people in the office in parks and rec these are not how real people are there there aren't leslie nopes for real there aren't you know ron swanson's for real those are those are like caricatures these so yeah i mean they're they're more likable and funnier at times but they're not they're not people you can relate to on a closer level. I mean Chris Traeger. Okay, yeah, there's optimists out there. Nobody <laughs> is actually like Chris Traeger. I so they take they take these attributes that you know you find affable and enjoyable about these characters and just pump them to the extreme, which as a viewer is fun, but it's not It's not something that really connects more than just being funny. Whereas when I'm watching the Office characters, I can see people that I've known in real life or know in real life that are those people, like that there's a, an actual semblance to reality, even though obviously it's just supposed to be a, you know, a comedy TV show. It's something that you can resonate a little more with because you've experienced it yourself. You've experienced those people yourself. So yeah, Michael Scott can be cringeworthy. Okay. Bosses are cringeworthy sometimes. I mean, that's how it is.
0: But out of all the characters, I think he's the most unrelatable. Because so I think he is a character too. Yeah. yeah. And, well, I think both him and Dwight are. Well, I think awesome. everyone else, I think everyone else, I, I think you you hit more of that on. Um, I mean, there so, are extremes the of like, greed of and stuff too, but I think it's a half and half for The Office. Where I do agree that for the most part, it is a little bit of an exaggeration with Parks and Rec. And but the, I think that's,
1: but I think they do a job, better
0: job being funnier with that though. I don't
1: know if this, it's, it, uh, yeah, on an individual character by character basis, but I'm not sure about the sum of the parts. And I don't know if this necessarily falls into the character discussion, but it's also just, you know, as far as the relatability, you know, situationally too. There's under nine percent of workers in America have government jobs. So there's not a lot of people that can really resonate with that either. I mean, no, there's not that many people that have worked for parks and recreation departments or local government. That's a very small number.
0: But I think that's what On makes side, it so there's funny. There's a ton
1: of people that have worked now, so no, Just more right. But I think that's what makes it so
0: funny is it's like this little group that whether you are in it or not, it's funny to see because it is something you don't see. And I think that's what makes it a little different is it's not an office setting. It's not a classic setting. It's something that's different and they make it funny because of that. And I think, I think that almost lends itself as something else more you can pat yourself on the back for, because I think you have to try harder to make sure it lands and it does. Whereas like the office, I'm not, it's not like a give me, but it's more, yeah, certainly not. it's more, it's easier to do, I think, because it is so common.
1: I don't think I agree with that. Uh, okay. As far as being easier to do, I I think both are pretty. Would uh, I would think relatively similar in terms of coming. But up it's the story also making. I think it's. Oh, good. It's
0: also making a government thing enjoyable, and I think that's something that kind of pushes you forward a little bit as yeah, it's not something you're ever going to work in, but you're like oh, it's just like if only government was really like this kind of thing, you know? Well,
1: sure, it, that'd be great. But I don't think whereas, anybody could really put themselves in the shoes of any of those people or in any of those situations. No, but I think that's what makes it funny is you don't have to.
0: Whereas The Office, yeah, you got those relatable characters. like It's funny, but it's I mean, well, I think some of those are unattainable, well, too. But, but the
1: argument here isn't necessarily what's funnier. It's what's better. And I, the, having a relatability factor, being able to absorb yourself into the show
0: is... But, see, that's where my important. argument is. To me, if it's funnier, to me, it's better. I'd rather watch something that's funnier. Because I still mean, think it, it is, is
1: funnier, but that's just... I'm saying that's not that's really the crux of the argument, or it shouldn't be. It's a It's probably the most weighted factor, since we're talking about comedy... Oh, that has to matter, obviously. But I also don't think, actually, as far as humor, funniness goes, I think they're on a very close scale. That's not something I would swing real hard if I was arguing one or the other on just the funny factor. Because partially, because humor is so subjective, too. So
0: true, but I think Parks holds up better than The Office does.
1: What do you mean by holds up? Like things not. Aging bed, like, say, yes. you know, certain yeah. inappropriate jokes and whatnot.
0: No, and, not even inappropriate jokes, but just some jokes in general, just, they don't hold water anymore. Whereas I think Parks is a little broader to where they can, mm. it, it's something, I mean, you may not relate to it as much, but it's, it does, it's not like, it doesn't feel like it's a grab, I guess. It, it, whereas, like, and it's also another one where I'm not fast-forwarding through episodes, whereas The Office, I'll skip. Because there's some where it's like, oh, fuck, I can't watch this one.
1: That's, and I no, think, I just, Apart from those end seasons, which you've discussed are not good. I No, there's no skipping with The Office. Not even Scott's talks.
0: Oh, God, you have to skip that one. It's so stupid. No, it's not <laughs> it's, stupid. It just hurts. Oh, so bad. It's so bad. Whoever what? thought of that should have been
1: fired. It was stupid. Well, well moving to that part of the area, though. Episodes. So and also we'll include seasons. I just want to address this since it's already on the table. As far as those end seasons go after Michael Scott. Yeah, they're not good. I mean they're they're whatever, which is fine. So that so if we just take the first seven versus the first seven, which is all parks and rec was, that's right there. So I mean it, so yeah, if the office failed, that they failed to end at the right time. Which but they ended lot, it the right way, which I will give them. They, yes, that ultimately the ending itself was good. They just yes, they redeemed them. They shouldn't yeah. have really had those two seasons in between. No, yeah, they, I agree. should have just so,
0: ended that way to begin with.
1: Yeah, that would have been good. And so, so on that note, episode seasons, blah blah blah. I, episodes, I I just think as far as peak episodes go, I mean, I could rattle off episode after episode after episode as far as the funniest episodes of the office and i probably just come up with like a handful of parts that come to mind i mean i couldn't just maybe nonstop for the office as far as i'm concerned you know with the injury you got to, i mean basically seasons two through four is some of the greatest television that's ever been made as far as i'm concerned i mean th- those episodes are just unbeatable
0: yeah, I mean, uh, that's where I think I agree with you. Is that I think I think Parks ha- or the Office has more.
1: So at its highest moment, I think it was higher. Like the peak was a I, higher peak.
0: I I do agree, and and I'll even go for the. Well, I, I'd say they're about even on their cold opens, but I, I do agree with like the. There's, it's more that I can, rem- I guess remember more from those to like that's what I'm quoting. That's what I'm saying. Or if I see it on, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this episode's on tonight. But for me, The Office, that's where it sits. Whereas Parks, it's like, I'm happy with every episode no matter what. So, like that one, I can just go through and be like, if this one was on TV today, it's staying on. Whereas Like The Office, I'm watching two minutes of it and I realize what episode it is, I'm in or out. Whereas Like Parks, I'm in.
1: That's why it's so hard to have some of these subjective debates sometimes, because I'm pretty much the exact opposite. Pre- <laughs> if it's not one of those final two seasons, I just, just let the office ride uninterrupted, and
0: Parks has got to be
1: particular episodes that I like.
0: I will say that's why I do like Comedy Central, because they had they, they play them on like Comedy Central West and Comedy Central, and they're two episodes behind mm, okay. on one. So the Will Ferrell ones were on. And I'm like, I am not watching these. So I know I can go to the next channel, be behind, and then go back to the other channel and be caught up. Because I'm like, okay, good. I don't have to see fucking D'Angelo Vickers with some of the dumbest shit on earth.
1: Yeah, that that, that wasn't successful.
0: Which is so sad because Will Ferrell is so funny. But I think he's a guy that he's either – he tries too hard to be funny and it does not. When he misses, he either. really misses. Yes, there's no in between. It's no. He's misses. either fucking hilarious or like, what were you trying to do? And it's yeah. so sad because the office is was perfect for him, and it just didn't work. It could have been. Yeah, they blew but, it.
1: Yeah, and actually, I I like Robert California.
0: I do love Robert California. So, I, I do like him.
1: A lot of hate. I feel like. Even I think his fans, range,
0: just as an yeah. actor, is phenomenal yeah. for him to do that. It was,
1: if they had to get rid of Michael and just were intent on keeping it going, it was a nice little change of pace for his way of being fucked up versus Michael's way of being fucked up, so to speak.
0: No, hundred percent.
1: So it's just yeah, a little more fun. So I, so for me, yeah, as far as just episodes go, yeah, just there's just a higher number of peak level episodes that The Office has. And I agree with that. I put a lot of weight in that particular thing. Because I think... Yeah. Just, uh, I don't know. And... Uh, all right. So, iconic moments, then. So, I've, obviously, as you get close to a show, there are certain story... You know, long-running storylines or relationships or whatever it may be in a show that you kind of connect yourself to and thus become iconic. Character weddings is a prime example. Um,
0: yes. Their wedding is fantastic. Their relationship is stupid. The whole Philadelphia, Philadelphia, yes, the whole Philadelphia. That's a
1: whole. Oh, that's part of my influence argument.
0: Oh, I can't stand that. And it's like they tried so hard to like almost make you not like them, to then like try and bring you back to like them. And it was that—that was one of the biggest fails I thought. Whereas, I think
1: America disagrees with you,
0: which is stupid. America's wrong.
1: I there is no. Relationship in television history that America has been more invested in than Jim and Pam. Oh,
0: I agree with that. I just don't. I, I just don't agree that it's right. It's it started off good and then it just takes a, a dive again. And it's like I don't know if they were trying to. It's not like their ratings were going down to where like we got to mix it up, or now that Michael's gone, you're our main characters. We have to fuck shit up, and I don't think they did it right. So I think the whole the whole athlete thing was stupid.
1: Like yeah, I get put the put everything in those last couple of seasons. Again, yeah, that falls into the just shit season, right? But <laughs> that that truly
0: ruins their relationship for me.
1: Hmm.
0: Whereas I think, like, uh, to me, it's Andy hmm. and uh, God what, uh, in April. I uh, they're yes they're wacky, but that's to me more of a realistic relationship that you're going to see. And because it's stupid, it's funny, it's immature. I do love
1: the relationship. Yeah, like it that's me, what made a lot it of so, me and my wife. So
0: exactly, that's what made it so good. Is those are people you relate to more? Whereas, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, me and me and my wife are Jim and Pam. No, like that's I, not, I wouldn't I'm be not proud not, of that.
1: That's not necessarily a relatable. That's part, not part of the relatable side of the characters. Uh, it's it's just something that you know, you were caught up in. Because even if you want to, yeah. Say, it, and I've heard the arguments. You know, okay, Jim's a douchebag hitting on an engaged woman, or trying to get. I, I, I see that, especially as a married man. I, you know, would be. But I think you get more happy. of that as Go
0: it goes through, and, and and everybody thinks it's okay. Even in the finale, they they even try to point it out, and he can skirt around it, which I don't know. I just didn't like it. It they uh, that's there fair. are a good couple, but it's just it went to, it went from here to here real quick. On trying to make it work, and it just fell flat.
1: But it was a build that happened over years, and especially while right, but that's what makes while it running, works. it was not in real time.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're going back and watching it when you know it's coming, it's just like, oh god, this is just yeah. you know how bad it's going to be. True. But
1: ugh. but I it, it, yeah to so kind of takes a little bit into the influence. Like, Cause I do think just the fact that the high viewership of this is of this show was extremely invested in that relationship and wanted no, to for see sure. it, go somewhere sure. and be something. I think that was, that's a big factor, but obviously we already talked about, you know, Michael leaving was a pretty iconic yeah. moment if even a bad one. Hell Goodbye. Toby yeah. is a hell of a moment.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I guess, I guess that's what's nice. Is like you don't really have those goodbye moments. The best goodbye moment ever is little Sebastian. Yes, I do have to
1: wrap it up too. Yeah.
0: So I got I got babies well, crying.
1: So we'll, so we'll be quick about this. So. Uh, yeah, little Sebastian's a great moment. I mean, it, that's probably a relatively even category again because this is yeah. one of the more subjective sides of things. So it's. Yeah, hard to make a pick there. and As far as influence goes, that's really one of the core pieces of my argument is I do agree
0: with you there.
1: And I think that matters a lot. I think there's got to be as much weight on its cultural influence as anything else. And also the fact that without the office, Parks and Rec would not even exist. That is true. That
0: is very true. I'll give you that one. I can't argue that.
1: That's that's just more where I'm at. I mean, it's you know, they took the office off of Netflix. A lot of people got rid of Netflix because of that. When they launched Peacock, it's built around it. They're super fan episodes of this and that, and if you scroll through, you'll eventually find Parks and Rec somewhere.
0: I mean, uh, it's, it's right on the t- it's right there with it. But doesn't have a second header. header. Uh, it does, and so does uh, actually both of them are gone now. And a show that is ten times better than both actually is on the header and it's a show from like 15 years ago, which is their rock from the sun, which is one of the greatest shows ever on earth that does not even touch these two or these two don't even touch that. We'll have to get into that for separate time.
1: overall list another time. Yes. So let's go keep our families together and happy. <laughs> yeah. um, I do want to say, you know, thank you again very much, Fox. Yes. Uh, thank you for I having wish, me on. You know, honestly, for us to do a show, we probably need like three hours. So hopefully another time Agreed. we'll be able to put something good together. Maybe a special something. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to talk about before we get out of here?
0: I can't. Pretty, I do have yeah. something to talk about, but I'm not, I can't talk about it yet. So. In the next month or so, yeah, in the next month or so, I'll have an announcement. So, it's good stuff behind the scenes.
1: Well, in the meantime, please continue watching Fantasy Boardroom. Please go listen to the Fantasy Nightcap. Both can be found at the same location. And also, please go visit the Fantasy Collective. Outstanding Uh, site. We're adding new tools. We've now got an ADP resource tool. Thanks to Mr. Fox over here. And thanks Uh, to Sleeper. And thanks to Sleeper, it is their ADP. Um, We're working on adding some new individuals to the collective every day that are really going to uh, increase what we're able to offer. And we do have some very exciting things in the works that both of us are working detailed on. So we can't wait. But in the meantime, thank you for joining us. And I now call this meeting the board room. um, And